Well, good afternoon, folks. Uh, It seems like this is becoming a habit, I hope a good habit, a way to communicate with you some in the absence of our face-to-face gatherings. I do want to tell you a little bit about Sunday. Uh, Sunday's service, again, will be online the way it was this past Sunday. And I've spoken with Sam Nadler with Word of Messiah Ministries. Uh, In fact, just got off the phone with him a few moments ago. He's excited about being here and going over with us Christ in the Old Testament. Should be a wonderful preparation leading up to Easter. And so I certainly hope you'll join in with us on Facebook Live or from the church homepage at 1015. And also Jonathan and Laura are going to have some music for us, and so you'll have a time of worship through that format. Uh, You know, I've heard from somebody like David Fink who says he kind of likes this format because he can sit back in his recliner and he can cut me off whenever he wants uh, to cut me off. So uh, anyway, he may not be the only one that feels that way, but uh, you know David Fink. Uh, We love him. I might have to have him sit up on stage uh, for when we gather together, and he'll have to listen to a message that way, and we can all make sure he's not going to sleep. But anyway, it is good to see you. I did want to go over a few things with you today, just encouragement uh, about what we're going through. I preached a message at the beginning of this year on James chapter 1, And I want to return to that passage and give some abbreviated thoughts to that. I only want to talk to you about probably about 20 minutes. And what I want to do near the end of the message is give some application of what you and I can be doing during this time. I hope that I can make some suggestions for you that will mean something to you. But anyway, let's read from James chapter 1 beginning in verse 2. And I want to talk to you about facing trials God's way. In verse 2, James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is reminding his suffering brothers and sisters in Christ that they should not be surprised by times of testing. Folks, we've got to remember we live in a fallen world. Uh, James is reminding his audience that through testing and the reality of that testing and how hard it is at times, God can actually make them stronger and more complete in the long run. And so they can be better prepared spiritually, and we can be better prepared spiritually for the next trials that come up. You know, James was writing to Christians, Jewish Christians, who had been scattered abroad. Let's go back in our minds and think a moment about the persecution that broke out against the early church in the book of Acts chapter 8, right after the stoning of Stephen. 
we're told that the church thereafter was was scattered abroad. And so that's who James is writing to, Jewish Christians who have been scattered abroad. And they're being persecuted. They're being persecuted by the world. And they're even being persecuted by their Jewish brethren who have not come to faith in Christ. Some of them are losing their families. They're losing their homes. They're losing their businesses. And so they're going through a very intense time of struggle. They would have been so beat down and discouraged by life. Well, that's the kind of background we need to understand when we read this letter. And so again, James is reminding them that they should not be surprised at all of this. And they need to be expectant of what God can do through the time of testing. And they need to equip themselves. The first thing I want you to see related to this this morning, and I'm only going to have two points, is that they need a new attitude concerning trials. Look with me again at verses 2 through 4. James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Think of those words with me. Consider it pure joy or all joy when you encounter various trials. Now, folks, that's an astounding statement. If you're like me and and you look at what all is going on right now, it's hard to see much good in it at all. We think of the big picture as a nation, but and what the nation's going through, our struggles. But we think of families. Think of the individual families who have been impacted by this virus and how much suffering some of them have done. And so collectively and individually, there's a lot of suffering and trying times going on right now with people. And if we were to stop reading James right here, when he, when he says, consider it pure joy, we might be tempted to simply close our Bibles and stop reading. I would caution you against that. Stay with what James is saying here. Stay with his pattern of thought. We're going to get to all that. Notice he says, consider it pure joy when, when you encounter, he doesn't say if you encounter, it's a given that we're going to encounter trials. Because again, just like I said at the beginning, we live in a fallen world. And we also have an enemy, Satan. So James says, when. You know, the Lord Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulation. James says, when you encounter, the the word encounter he uses next. It means that we fall in 
to these trials. It's the same Greek word that was used of the traveler in the parable of the Good Samaritan who fell among thieves and they beat him and they stripped him and they left him for dead. It's the same thought here. We fall into trials. We don't go looking for them. As I've said to you before in Sunday morning messages, I can guarantee you none of us woke up this morning and said, God, please send me some trials today. We don't ask for them. They just happen. We fall into them. Then James says, various trials. Dr. Chuck Swindoll says in one of his study guides on James, it's the same word from which we get our word polka dot. Various trials, they come in all different shapes and sizes and colors. They're not the same. The trial you encounter today may not be the trial you encounter tomorrow. Trials are different. Remember with me in the parable of the wise and foolish builders, Jesus described rain on the roof, winds against the walls, and floodwaters on the foundations. The trials were different. That's how uh, James is saying here that trials will be. They are varied. Some have to do with our relationships. Some have to do with our jobs. Some have to do with our families. Some, like right now, have to do with our health. Trials are different. Right now, you may be going through various trials, a a multiplicity of, of trials of all different kinds. And if not, you might be heading into one. And believe it or not, James says, when that happens, consider it nothing but joy. Add all of your hardships up, and he says, be grateful. Now again, why would he say that? Is James a a crazy masochist who enjoys suffering or seeing people suffer? No. No. His point is we can have a new attitude concerning trials when we understand the big picture of what God is wanting to do through those trials. Folks, it is not God's purpose in the life of the believer to make us comfortable all the time or to give us everything we would want. God's purpose in our lives is that he conforms us to the image of Christ. And oftentimes, he uses trials to do that. He uses trials to make us more complete in the long run and stronger in the long run. Now, we may not enjoy the segment of the journey that we're on right now, But James says we need to keep our eyes on that big goal that God has in mind. James says God produces patience. He produces endurance. He produces character. I like what the J.B. Phillips translation says here. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, my brothers... Don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. 
Phillips goes on to say, you will find you have become men of mature character, men of integrity with no weak spots. Let me make some suggestions of how you and I can grow during this time. Uh, Since we're being told to work from home and practice social distancing, let's use that time well. Don't just sit on the couch and watch TV. Now, folks, I I love binge-watching some of these shows on TV probably as much as the next person. Uh, Some of my favorites, I I like the show Blue Bloods. I like uh, NCIS. I like shows like that. Lately, Connie and I have been watching one called Victoria. Our Corgi says that one is his favorite show so far. Ha ha. Now, some of you are probably scratching your head. You don't know what I mean by that. If you know anything about the current Queen of England, uh, through the years, I think she's had about 40 or 50 Corgis. But anyway, while you might have a few shows you enjoy watching, make sure at the same time, though, on a daily basis, you're doing some of the the following. Uh, A few weeks ago, I challenged our Wednesday night group that leading up to Easter, that we would all read through the Gospels together. It won't take you that long. Uh, Read through the Gospels together. I want to challenge all of you to do that. Uh, You can go online. The translation I read from a moment ago, J.B. Phillips, you can go online and you can download that. Uh, J.B. Phillips did a paraphrase a number of years ago and it became very popular with the young people and with college-age students. He just kind of puts a fresh spin on some of the verses and the phrases. So you could read through the Gospels through J.B. Phillips' uh, paraphrase. I think it'll be exciting to you. So let me challenge you to do that. Now, I mentioned that first, getting in the Word, because think about it. The Lord has slowed us down right now. And sometimes what do people say? They'll say, you know, I'm so busy in my life, I just can't take time to read. I don't have that much time. But the Lord slowed us down. So use this sabbatical that you might be going through to read through the Gospels before Easter. I want to remind you of something. Over in Psalm chapter 1, the psalmist said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I guarantee you if you and I will take time right now to sit at the feet of the Lord and read His Word and meditate on it, God's going to do some wonderful things in your life that you're going to look back on and be thankful for. In addition to using this sabbatical to, to read God's Word, 
Pray. Pray about what you read in God's Word. Pray for your family members. Pray for your fellow church members. Use this as a time of prayer. Bible study and prayer. God speaks to us through our Bible study and then we speak to God in prayer. The two ought to go together. So let me encourage you to do both of those together. Another way I think this slowdown might help us in the long run is how families hopefully are spending a little more time together. Maybe you're outside shooting hoops uh, with your kids or throwing the football or taking walks or playing board games. Now, Connie will tell you, I hate board games. I do. Uh, I like to be doing something more active. I just don't like to sit down and play board games. That's probably one of my least favorite things to do. But some of you love doing that. And when our kids were younger, we'd sit down. I would, we would do that sometimes as a family, play board games together. That might be a way for some of you to, to connect with your kids and connect with, with each other. Uh, Anyway, just think of some things that you and your family like doing together and use this time to do that. You might just find this slowdown does great things for your quiet time with the Lord and for your family time, but it's not going to just happen. You're going to have to purposely make it happen. Another good that will come out of this, I hope, is that when we finally do come out of this time of social distancing and come back together as the church, I've just got a, I've got a feeling inside that, that our time of joy is going to be multiplied. Uh, I think we've seen during this time how important it is to meet together as a church. And now that we can't do that right now... It's something I miss, and I hope you miss. You know, sometimes we don't miss things until they're gone. And uh, so I hope you're missing not meeting as your church family right now. I kind of think when we come back together, it's not going to be just Sam the Baptist shouting. I think all of us are maybe going to be shouting a little more. I hope so anyway. Well, what again, what James is saying, don't just lock in on the circumstance itself. God grows us through hardships. He grows us so in turn we can help others. Do you remember what Jesus said to Simon Peter in Luke chapter 22? Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, and he's been given permission by God to do so. But when you are restored, strengthen your brethren. Equip yourself. Equip yourself with a new attitude, James says, so that you'll be mature, complete, lacking in nothing, and you'll be able to better help other people. Would you do that? Last thing I want you to do, uh, turn with me a moment too in your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse uh, 35, 
Matthew writes that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let me ask each of us right now to not only have a, 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 a new attitude concerning trials, but a renewed concern for the multitudes. A renewed concern for the multitudes. One thing this virus is showing us, the Great Commission has to happen on a personal level. It happens on a, on a corporate level when we gather together for the teaching and preaching of God's Word. But since we can't do that right now, the Great Commission has to happen on a personal level. I guarantee you that you and I have people in our circles of influence family members, friends, neighbors who might be very fearful during this time. You probably have some friends that are lost and they might even be asking questions of you right now, what's going on? And you can use this time to have a renewed concern for them and for their salvation. You know, Matthew says that Jesus looked at the multitudes and, and they were coming out to him and, and he noticed that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were distressed. They needed some answers about life and eternity. And Jesus had compassion for them. You know, hopefully right now the church will have a renewed compassion for people who don't know the Lord. Can you imagine the fear and the uncertainty that they might be facing right now? And so it's a chance that one-on-one -on -one that we can talk to some of those people in our circles of influence. Notice what Jesus said here. The harvest is plentiful. There's not a shortage of people out there who need the Lord. The problem is, he says, the workers are few. So what was, his, what was his solution to it? He said, ask the Lord of the harvest. Pray. Pray to God. And ask God to send out. It, it's, it's a powerful word here. That God would thrust out more workers into his harvest fields. Folks, you and I are the workers. And we need to be praying that God would thrust us out to those around us. That we can share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Who knows? You may have the opportunity today over the weekend or very, very shortly, you might have the opportunity of leading a neighbor to faith in Christ and then bringing that neighbor with you to church when we meet again 
and helping them to make a public profession of their faith in Christ. Boy, now that, that would be exciting times, wouldn't it? We'd be able to look back and say, you know what? God, God really showed me uh, of, of ways to use this time for good in the long run. Uh, it may not seem like good what we're going through, and, and in and of itself, it's not. But again, God can bring good out of it. That's the kind of God that we serve. Aren't you glad of that? Can I get a witness? Amen. He's a God that can bring good out of bad circumstances. So keep these thoughts in mind. And uh, God bless you, you and your family. Stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, I look forward to seeing you online 1015 Sunday morning as we hear from Sam Nadler uh, with Word of Messiah Ministries, and he'll be bringing a message to us, Christ in the Old Testament. Until then, uh, take care. God bless you.